We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Take heed and bear witness to the truths that lie herein, for they are the last legacy of the Haradrim. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely downtown Halifax. It is a beautiful day today. It is likely going to be a beautiful weekend. Um, and let's kick this off by, um, yes, by this exploration that usually happens on this, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. Starting off, of course, with the things that are happening over at lowbiasgaming.net for this past week. Uh, Scarlet brings us three new episodes of Bioshock. Uh, Jason with two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Jade Farrow brings us his uh, streaming series of Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, there are 10 videos there in total, so it's the entire series. Scarlet brings us three new episodes of God of War Ghost of Sparta. And Jason with a new Let's Play for uh, the Low Bias Monthly for September. Uh, 2018, which is uh, meta games, as decided by uh, Jade himself. Um, basically, games that kind of depart from the norm and kind of break the fourth wall type of thing. And Jason went with Little King Story, and it's pretty neat series so far. I would recommend going take uh, take a look at that. Uh, there is also a new episode of Mystery Science Theater, The Girl in Lover's Lane, uh, episode 9 of season 5, uh, Joel's next to last episode, wow. Uh, and Gex 3, Deep Pocket Gecko, we have a soundtrack for that as well. There's some Simpsons love going on and it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that is what's going on over at lowbiasgaming.net. Let's take some time to listen to some music and relax. This is the weekend. This is your time, people. This is Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Matt Yuleman, and it is the uh, theme for a specific town in today's game from the archives. The game starts when the player's character arrives in Tristram. Several of the remaining townsfolk assist the player, such as Deckard Cain the Elder. The labyrinth under the cathedral descends from the dungeon and church to the catacombs followed by the caves and finally hell itself, each with a mixture of the undead animals and demons. Leoric has been reanimated as the Skeleton King. Late in the game, the hero must fight Archbishop Lazarus and eventually Diablo himself. At the end of the game, the the hero kills Diablo's mortal form. The hero then takes the soul stone out of Diablo's form. Why is this kind of... Okay, this description is kind of terrible. Uh, this I'm going to stop there. Uh, this is Diablo. It's a game developed by Blizzard North, published by Blizzard, and released in 1996. It is pretty much the classic dungeon crawls, about as close to roguelike as you're going to get in the Diablo series. Um, classic little game, although it's been made a little more accessible with uh, the patch that Scarlet uh, decided to play for us. Um, it is one to um, bring the game into today's HD hungry things and stuff, I guess. But um, th- those were words, by the way. Anyway, if you are interested, uh, 41 videos, uh, this Diablo Beelzebub um, patch does seem to add more content to it. There are some bosses in this playlist that I are, am quite sure are not in the original Diablo, but. It's still worth a look, I do believe, uh, and it's worth a look just to just to get an idea of this um, of this fan-made patch. So check it out.
That was Bryface with Brains and Scotch from his album Various Topics, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And as always, it is time for the news of the weird. And uh, as previously stated, I am looking for something other than uh, this particular news of the weird to do. Uh, Something along the same lines in the same sort of format, but not the same thing that is being done on um, Electric Leftovers. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions for that, uh, on Twitter at square sim, S Y M, uh, yeah, please let me know. Uh, as always, I do not read these stories ahead of time and some of these may not jive well with all audiences. This segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long. So take that as you will. Our lead story, new world order, Kimbrel Eventide. Nice name. 36. Believes her purpose here on Earth is to help other humans become elves, just like herself. Hmm. A resident of Illinois, Eventide identifies as a Pleiadian starseed, an other kin who first realized she was an elf after reading and watching the Lord of the Rings series by J.R.R. Tolkien. She spends her time dressing as an elf in silk, velvet, or nature-inspired clothing and pointed elf ears, but she doesn't wear them all the time because, quote, my own ears have a slight point to them. Eventide's husband supports her elfdom, but he does not understand it and does not watch many of my videos, she said. I am an elven spiritual teacher who offers personal Skype online lessons to help individual souls, she explained to the Daily Mail. Her mission, called Project Elven Star, is specifically to help humans transform themselves into high elves. Ears are optional, but can become a byproduct of becoming extrasensory and hearing better over time. The thing you're missing about being an elf is that they live for a very, 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 very long time. And humans don't, so... I'm going to get on that part pretty quick. Uh, Easy Marks. Three men in Westboro, Massachusetts are out $306,000 after falling victim to a scam, MassLive.com reported on August 29th. Joseph Bokey? I'm going with Bokey. Uh, 31 of Worcester is one of two suspects wanted by Westboro police for allegedly selling 15 kilograms of counterfeit gold dust. In July, the victims met Boyke and his accomplice at an extended Stay America hotel and tested the gold, uh, the gold dust for authenticity. Apparently satisfied, they paid $26,000 in cash and transferred $280,000 into a Bank of America account, after which they received a locked sentry safe that supposedly held the gold dust. Boyke told them that they would uh, get the combination to the safe after the transfer cleared. But two days later, when they were unable to open the safe, the victims called the locksmith. Inside, shocking, was counterfeit gold. Why do you put that much money into it when you haven't seen the whole thing? Ah. 
Uh, who has $300,000? Why do you... There's so many questions that this asks, and I just don't know, people. I just don't know. Our least competent criminals of the week, there are two of them. Uh, thieves in Roanoke County, Virginia, hit the same shoe store twice in July and August, according to the Roanoke Times, stealing shirts, hoodies, jackets, and right shoes. Thirteen shoes meant for a right foot were taken from clean soles, where store operator Rob Wickham said he typically displays right shoes and keeps the mates behind the counter. They're not much good unless you have two right feet, said Wickham. A 17-year-old suspect has been charged with a July break-in. Well, there, there's, you know, the saying about two left feet. I guess if you have two right feet, it's because you're not very good at that. Anyway. Um, our other least competent criminal, a homeowner in Toluca Lake, California, looked at video from his surveillance camera late on August 29th and saw a person on the property, but it wasn't until the next day when he looked around for any damage that a man was discovered stuck between a wall and a garage. KCAL-TV reported that it took firefighters more than an hour to free the unnamed man, a suspect wanted in connection with a burglary the night before. Los Angeles police arrested him for trespassing as he was transported to the hospital with minor injuries. So, stuck between a garage and a hard place, I see. Uh, we have, oh my, we have three overreactions. Maybe I'm overreacting to this, but it's a reaction. A little over the top. Brian Tucker of Sanston, Virginia was fed up to here. That's how it's written with kids littering his lawn as they waited at the Henrico County school bus stop adjacent to this property. So on September 4th, he installed a battery-powered electric fence. They don't respect other people's land, Tucker told WTVR-TV. I pick up trash every day. Officials informed him later that, uh, that day that the fence was placed on county property, not his own, so Tucker took it down. But he still thinks the point was made. The message has gotten across, Tucker said. Parents are posting and talking about it. It's probably just a matter of like a couple of centimeters too. It's... I don't know, man. I... Just let the man have his fence. Like seriously, what is the difference? Our second overreaction, Pavel uh, Matviev, 15, of Mogochino village in the Tomsk re region of Russia, apparently despairing of having lost the video game, was found in his yard September 4th after committing suicide by decapitating himself with a chainsaw. Wow. According to the Daily Mail, Russian media reported that the teen's single mother had bought him a computer at which he, quote, spent hours, said one unnamed source. This is what killed him. No, the chainsaw killed him. Uh, let's just move on. Our third and final overreaction, Monica Wally of Holden Heights, Florida, wrote a negative online review August 20th about the Daybreak Diner in Orlando, accusing the restaurant of refusing service to her disabled mother. The negative review didn't sit well with the diner's own son, Michael Johnson, or his housemates, Jesse Martin and Normal, uh, Norman Avil, reported WFTV. That evening, as the, tr as the three sat drinking beer, 
Marvin, uh, sorry, Martin looked up Wally's address. Then they drove to her home where Auville 42 shot three rounds into the house. I actually feel, uh, I actually could feel the air from the bullet as it passed by me, said Ken Wally, Monica's father. I didn't think anyone was crazy enough to do something li like this over something so small, Monica Wally said. Alville was, uh, was arrested August 30th and charged with shooting into a dwelling, according to the, uh, to the Orange County Sheriff's Office. It's an awfully specific charge to exist. Anyway, it doesn't take much for some people. I tell you that much. Our next story, whoops. Um, an Orlando, Florida home will need more than roof repairs after a crane parked outside tipped over on September 4th, splitting the house in half so cleanly daylight could be seen through it. United Press International reported that the roof was under construction when the, machine, when the machinery fell over, likely because the ground underneath it was wet, said I said Ivan Fogarty, Corporate Safety Director for Crane Operator Bale Brothers Crane and Rigging. No one was inside the home at the time, and no one on the roofing crew was injured, but the house has been declared unlivable. Why was there a crane there? Anyway. And uh, our next story fooled ya. A uh, University of Houston student, Jeff M., looked at a blank wall in his local McDonald's and saw opportunity. Hoping to boost Asian representation in the burger chain's advertising, Jeff created a poster featuring himself and a friend touting McDonald's french fries. They both used McDonald's uniforms at the thrift store as disguises, then boldly hung the poster in a Perlin, Texas location as customers ordered and ate around them. United, Pors, uh, United Press International reported that 51 days later, the poster still hung on the wall unnoticed, as shown in a photo on Jeff's Twitter feed. As of September 4th, it was not clear whether management at McDonald's knew of the poster's origins. Well, if they didn't know then, they probably know now. That's kind of a fair idea. I'm surprised that it's still there. It seems like something that the manager would just kind of look at, grumble, and take down, but you do what you gotta do. If it doesn't hurt anyone else, go for it. Uh, our next story, inexplicable. On September 3rd, as an unnamed, well, a lot of unnamed people today, wow. As an unnamed woman drove through Columbia Park, Washington, she witnessed a beaver being struck by a car. She stopped and tried to help the animal, wrapping it in a towel before going home to find a container to put it in. When she returned to the scene about 30 minutes later, Yak Tri News reported uh, she found 35-year-old Richard Delp sexually assaulting the dying beaver. Unsurprisingly, Delp was also found to be in possession of methamphetamine. Police charged him with possession and animal cruelty. The beaver didn't survive. After that sort of ordeal, ordeal I should hope not. And our final story, that was terrible. Questionable judgment. Other than the people we've already talked about. Billy Warren, uh, Billy Warren Pierce Jr., 44, an, in uh, an internet... No, an inmate of the Pasco County, Florida jail 
already awaiting trial on charges of capital sexual battery of a child, com uh, compounded his problems by trying to hire a fellow inmate to kill his victim and her family. My goodness, what is up with the news today? WFTS reported that the unnamed inmate told detectives on August 22nd that Pierce offered him $9,000 and instructed him about how to get into the house, even suggesting using a gas line fed through a window as the murder method. Jail staff also obtained a sign, uh, contract signed by Pierce detailing the targets of the killing and the agreed-upon price. When told on September 4th he would be charged with solicitation of murder, Pierce objective, objected, but I haven't paid him any money yet. What's your point? You signed a contract and people were going to do things. <clears throat> well, that was the news, I guess. Um, let's move on to the weather and pretend like most of this never happened. Uh, currently 25 degrees with a humidex of 29 here in Halifax, mainly sunny skies, quite sunny in fact, some beautiful skies today. Uh, looking at a low of 13 tonight and clear skies. Saturday, September 15th, a high of 27 and sunny skies, going down to a low of 14 and a few clouds at night. Sunday, September 16th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 24, going down to a low of 15 degrees at night and cloudy periods. Monday, September 17th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 22, going down to a low of 14 degrees and a 6% chance of showers. Uh, showers on Tuesday, September 18th, with a high of 18 and a low of 15, with a 6% chance of showers at night. Uh, same scheme for September 19th, with a high of 19 and a low of 14. And Thursday, September 20th, a chance of showers, 60%, and a high of 19 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some music going, shall we?
That was Blue Navi with Starry Ocean from the album Chiptunes Equals Win Volume 7. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And today, I want to talk about a game, and that game is Diablo 3. This is a dungeon crawl action RPG developed and published by Blizzard Entertainment and originally released for Windows and Mac on May 15, 2012. This game takes place 20 years after Diablo 2. With the three prime evils and two of the lesser evils de- defeated and sealed into soul stones, the two remaining lesser evils see fit to start running the show in hell and finish the job the others couldn't. Meanwhile, a shooting star strikes down upon the cathedral of New Tristram. Deckard Cain goes down to investigate but doesn't come back. Instead, the undead start to rise, take over the cathedral, and make for the town. Soon after, does a fighter from Westmarch arrive to investigate the situation and rescue Cain? Little do they know what they're in for. Now, as full disclosure, Though I've been playing the game recently, the last time I played before that was probably back in 2013, 2014 at the latest, and I only recently got the Reaper of Souls expansion. In both cases, I've so far made it as far as completing Act 4. First, let's talk about the presentation. The graphics in this game are a marked improvement from previous games in the series, where in the first Diablo game, characters seemed to walk around as though they were constipated, and Diablo 2's characters' animations felt uh, felt uh, felt almost like stop-motion animation with action with action figurines. Goodness. Uh, Diablo 3's characters have more natural movement owing to the fact that this is the first Diablo game with true 3D graphics rather rather than pre-rendered animations. The 3D world also allows for some physics and lighting effects which result in a more vibrant world. The sound and music are pretty much standard fare for the series. Uh, Loud and distinct battle noises, full uh, voice acting ranging from decent to good, and not so much music to speak of per se. Most of it is a melodic ambient tunes, but it still does the job to add to the atmosphere. Now for the gameplay, and I'll be doing a little bit of before and after since things were much different before the Reaper of Souls expansion was released. Now, excuse me. Though most of the basic controls have stayed the same for the entire game, Blizzard redesigned how skills and spells get used in Diablo 3, where previously the player would bind spells to function keys, which they would then which would then swap out the skills assigned to the left and right mouse buttons. Here in D3, the player gets to select one skill each for the left and right mouse buttons, as well as for the numbers 1 through 4 on the keyboard, thus allowing for 6 skills total being made available to the player at any point during the battle, with only one key press rather than two, and removes the factor of needing to keep tabs on which skills are currently active. There is the fact that this results in potentially fewer skills being made available to the player, as well as not being able to switch out skills while in combat, but to me it's a fair trade-off. I have my skills, I know where they are, and I can reflexively use them. There is also a selection of passive abilities which can be picked from to suit one's playstyle. 
And to help the player out on their quest, three different followers are made available through the game, Cormac the Templar, Lyndon the Scoundrel, and Irena the Enchantress. This is more or less in line with the concept of hirelings in D2, except they don't cost anything, will revive on the spot after 30 seconds if they're defeated, and even occasionally have something to say in, sh in story cutscenes. They mostly act completely independently of the player and have their own selection of skills. They level up along with the player rather than having their own experience bar and generally gain skills every five levels. They can also be given certain types of gear to help augment their abilities. Actually, let's talk about the gear for a bit. This is one huge point that, that was changed in the Reaper of Souls transition. When the game was released, loot drops were completely random as they have been previously in the series. To supplement this and try to make it easier for players to get what they need, Blizzard decided to implement an auction house feature so that they could trade gear back and forth. On top of that, they had a crazy idea to also implement a second auction house which worked on real-life actual currency. I'd say something about microtransactions here, but some pieces sold on the real money auction house went for over $100, more than what the game itself cost. In fact, there's a story uh, I found online which talks about how one person managed to rake in 130 thousand dollars on there. However, both auction houses were closed just before the release of Reaper of Souls, mostly due to the rework of the loot system, as well as opinions from Blizzard that the feature quote, really hurt the game. After that point, loot drops were heavily biased toward the character's stats, which had been simplified to only needing to worry about vitality for health, and one of three other stats for everything else. This makes it a lot easier for the player to build up their character, but definitely makes it trickier to build up their other characters or even their follower if they're meant to work on different stats. The difficulty settings are another big point which changed with Reaper of Souls. Originally in Diablo 1 there were three difficulties, Normal, Nightmare, and Hell. These difficulties were only available on Battle.net, but they were still there. Diablo 3 added, uh, originally added Inferno after Hell. Uh, the idea is that a player would clear the game on normal, which would unlock Nightmare, which would unlock Hell in, in Diablo 3 Inferno. This effectively meant that a player would need to play through the entire game in Diablo 3 four times in order to consider it truly completed. In addition, a feature called Monster Levels, uh, was added in a, in a patch down the road, which could be set from 0 to 10, allowing the player to make a difficult uh, difficulty level more difficult in exchange for more experience and better drops. That is effectively 44 separate difficulty levels. The Reaper of Souls update completely reworked this. Instead of monster levels, enemies would just scale up and level along with the player. Uh, instead of the four sequential difficulties, eight new interchangeable difficulties were introduced. Normal, Hard, Expert, Master, and Torment 1 through 4. Later updates increase the number of Torment levels to 13, which are only, uh, some of which are only accessible through the Paragon level system, which allows players to keep gaining stats past the level cap. The difficulty can be changed at any point to suit the player's gear and skill, though it generally requires leaving and re-entering the game. More importantly, that means the player only has to beat the game one time in order to win. 
this does drop the artificial extension of the game, but with the expansion there's other stuff to do such as collect bounties and keys to special dungeons in adventure mode, uh, or attack Nephilim rips. Rifts. All in all, the Diablo 3 is a very enjoyable game, but there's one big point against it. The PC version requires an internet connection to play, and the game itself is handled remotely. That means a player can be running through a risky dungeon on hardcore mode where death is permanent, be surrounded by a swarm of demon, uh, demons, experience a connection blip, get disconnected, log back in, and well, bye bye progress. This also makes it impossible to play on the go, well until the Switch port comes out in November. But if you want Diablo 3 in your laptop while you're out and about, then you're either spending mobile data or playing Diablo 2. Which, don't get me wrong, is also a good game. So that's what I have to say about Diablo 3 today. I enjoyed revisiting this game and exploring the new content for the first time recently. If you've been thinking about picking up this title, but have been on the fence about it, well, it's not too late. My suggestion is... Why the hell not? You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Blaster Master, arranged by the Relay Brothers, and actually uh, made by many artists. Uh, Check out Relay Brothers on uh, SoundCloud for more information. You're listening to Square Square Information, yes. Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. So Nintendo Direct was yesterday. It was supposed to be last week, but there was a um, a disaster happening in Japan, and they postponed it to today. Uh, being the dork that I am, I didn't realize that it was happening until it had pretty much mostly happened. So I have up here a um, pretty much a quick recap of what. Um, what all is in here. I don't have a whole lot of time, but I will go through it real quick. Uh, starting with Luigi's Mansion. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, which is the working title, is coming out in 2009 at some point. More information will be revealed in the future. Um, my understanding was that he was dead um, from the uh, reveal from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but eh, maybe he's not that probably wasn't canon anyway. It's probably just to, to reveal Simon Belmont as a character or some such. I don't know. Um, note here that uh, the pizza boxes in the trailer contain a cool easter egg. The side of the boxes reads since 1983. 1983 is the release date of the arcade game Mario Brothers where Luigi made his first appearance. Next up, Kirby's Epic Yarn is apparently going to be hitting the 3DS as Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn uh, with some more modes, some more power-ups and things like that. Why are... Selling games that already exist exist with new features. I mean, I'm probably going to get this because I have every Kirby game, but I'm not going to be too happy about it. Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story coming on 3DS January 11, 2009 as well as the original Luigi's Mansion to the 3DS on October 12th. Uh, Splatoon is getting a 4.0 version update, uh, new stage, new weapons, new specials, that's all coming soon. Nintendo Switch version of Mega Man 11 will support the Mega Man Amiibo, giving you some cool stuff there. Mario Tennis Aces coming out on um, September 19th, it looks like, so I'm coming up pretty soon. Um... Or maybe it's just new characters that are being added? Oh. It's tennis. I'm not too interested, honestly. Final Fight, The King of Dragons, Captain Commando, Knights of the Round, Warriors of Fate, and more being included in Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle coming out uh, on September 18th, so very soon as well. New Super Mario Bros. U is being remastered, another example of games that already exist being repackaged and resold. Uh, What are you going to do? So uh, that is coming out on January 11th, 2019. Um, yeah. One that I'm actually kind of interested about, Katamari Damacy is actually coming to the Switch sometime in winter 2018. It is a remake of the first game. I know I've said about selling games that already exist, but uh, I have a weak spot for Katamari. Nintendo Switch Online is opening its doors on September 18th. Uh, There will be uh, about 20 NES games available, as well as a special offer for NES Joy-Cons. 
I believe the fee is $3.99 per month, which isn't terrible, but I don't feel like paying for this uh, service when I've already paid for my console, you know? Uh, the HMs in the original Pokemon Yellow will be replaced with secret techniques in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. So that's kind of neat. Um, again, not too big on Pokemon. Speaking of Pokemon, uh, there is a new RPG with the working title of Town, uh, which is more or less defending a town from monsters and things like that. City Skylines is apparently coming to the Switch. Well, actually has come to the Switch yesterday. I've always been kind of interested in that game, honestly. I might give it a look. Uh, Damon X Machina is a mech shooter coming up in 2019. A little bit more information was revealed in the uh, Nintendo Direct. Uh, the untitled Yoshi Switch game is called Yoshi's Crafted World. Hmm. I'm coming... I'm going to be coming out on in spring 2019. Uh, no other information is available today on this uh, article here. Sid Meier's Civilization VI is coming to Switch on November 16th because apparently they won't let Civilization die. There's just too many people um, into that series, I suppose. Well, it's, it's a decent series if that's your thing. Uh, there is some other stuff here. Um, Animal Crossing uh, is going to be getting a game on the Switch in 2019. Um, unfortunately, I don't really have time to go through all this because I've kind of run out of time, but uh, it's all available online. If you have a Switch, it's available directly on your Switch in your announcements. So um, it's also available on the eShop on 3DS. Anyway, uh, so that is it for that. And let's get some music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
that one was Ballad, a ballad, ballad of the Bits by Triac from his album Endorphin Machine. You can check him out at Triac8bit at bandcamp.com. And that is the end of the show for today. Um, I want to thank y'all for listening, and uh, there will be some more stuff going on um, next week. How about that? Next week? Sounds good? Yes. Next week, 5 p.m., same bat time, same bat channel, CKDU 88.1 and CKDU.ca. Let us get this show closed up, shall we? Uh, Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Manema Namiki, Noriyuki Kamikura, Simon Woodington, Niflis, Geigendecht, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show, coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour, Earth and Sky, or Sun and Sea? Sorry, Sun and Sea at 7 p.m. and The Vinyl Factory at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at no, uh, lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.